Welcome to Millennial Wisdom with Dr. Jennifer Wisdom. Millennial Wisdom is a listener's journey with powerful insights about your work and your life. Now, here's your host, consultant, coach, speaker, and best-selling author of the Millennials Guide series, Dr. Jennifer Wisdom. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Millennial Wisdom. I'm your host, Dr. Jennifer Wisdom, and this is where we talk with millennials about what's going on in their lives. I am so excited today to have with us Jason Madden. Jason is a career ownership coach. Welcome, Jason. Hey, Jennifer. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. So we always want to talk about what do you do? What is a career ownership coach? And then what was your path to get here? So it was a long path. Um, <laughs> so first off, I'll tell you what, a little bit more about what I do. So a career ownership coach is helping people put into perspective what really matters most to them in their career. So, so I do have some, you know, some forums and things like that that kind of help people, uh, you know, put a little bit into perspective. You, you probably know what DISC is. Um, you probably used that in your practice before. So we use DISC as a, not even really a foundation, but a supplement to, you know, part of these conversations that we have that kind of gears us towards what I call a U2.0. So DISC is a kind of a communications tool that you use. So let me break down the acronym. It's uh, what, dominance, influence, steadiness, and conscientiousness. Oof, and, I'm so and, glad and, you remember that. So <laughs> I, <forgot. laughs> I know, right? And, and we actually use that and actually use a, an executive format, an assess, assessment through TTI surveys, which is a survey that, you know, they do it for, you know, senior executives at Google and Apple and things like that. I use it for blue collar folks. I use it for transitioning military. I use it for people that are in the corporate world that are trying to get out. Uh, and, and we get about 46 page assessment on that, on how, you know, an external look at you and your behavior, how you communicate with others and, and, you know, what you bring to the table, what are your strengths, what are your weaknesses, what are your driving forces? And, and we kind of talk through that and understand that in, in conjunction with a U2.0 uh, format that I have. And that's where we really define what your goals are. What's the next step? What do you really, what really matters the most in your life? And, and how do you, how are we going to get there? Mm -hmm. And that's just really the starting point right there. And, and oftentimes I've found through this process, people end up becoming business owners, true career owners, you know, and, and that can be in a lot of different ways. There's a lot of ways that you could own a business. It could be a franchise. It could be by an existing business. Maybe you've had that idea that you've always wanted uh, to flesh out and, you know, become, you know, an entrepreneur from the ground up um, right. and, and just let your, let your idea flourish. Mm -hmm. So that's really kind of, in a short amount of time, what I do as a career ownership coach. Great. I love it. And then what was your path to get here? So. <laughs> I, <laughs> a long one. <laughs> it was. So I, I joined the Marines right out of high school. Um, I did an enlistment through that. Um, did I was, a, I was an infantryman. Uh, did quite a bit of deployments to Iraq and stuff like that. I was 2001 to 2005 was when I was in the Marines. So it was kind of a tough time to be there. Uh, yeah. I actually signed my papers in the, the day after 9-11 because I was in a delayed entry for the Coast Guard and switched, decided I wanted to be a Marine instead. Um, 
did that, I joined the army. I joined the army after a brief, you know, reprieve from the Marine Corps. I was able to purge some crayons out of my system and <laughs> only military people understand that <laughs> joke. But uh, <laughs> uh, joined the army. I stayed as an infantryman for a little while longer, um, but I was recruited into counterintelligence and I was a, what's called a 35 Lima, counterintelligence uh, special agent. Um, I did that as an enlisted person until I was about an uh, uh, E7, a senior enlisted guy, and switched over to warrant officer, which is kind of like between a regular officer and an enlisted guy, but you're supposed to be a subject matter expert in one field. So I really loved that. I really loved the intelligence community. I really loved doing the investigations that we were doing and, you know, doing a lot of recruiting with other, you know, junior soldiers into the MOS and stuff like that. But um, when it was time for me to kind of wrap it up with the with the military, I actually had a, a you know kind of a medical uh, retirement that kind of got me out a little bit earlier than twenty years, um, but it was it was kind of a uh, blessing in disguise because you know I'm, I'm kind of a meathead, so the first thing I did as I was getting out of the army was look at gyms, and one of the huh. first gyms I thought of was you know instead of building it from scratch, I wanted to start on third base. So I wanted to start like a gym franchise and I was looking very heavily into anytime fitness <laughs> and I was actually going to invest a lot of money to open up an anytime fitness in Helena, Montana. Uh, mm -hmm. that's, that's where I grew up. Um, but lo and behold, I got married while I was doing that. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. <laughs> it does. It does. So, so to complete all the branches of the military, of course, I married an Air Force Officer. Oh, perfect. <laughs> yes. There you go. And, and she is in your profession. She's a psychologist. So you can imagine the kind of conversations that we have. Yeah. So, so I realized I was going to be back into that, that military situation where I'm going to be moving a lot if I was going to be married to, to Maureen. So I figured a brick and mortar business as my first one and then being far away from it wasn't going to be ideal. So I started looking for home-based businesses. I actually, um, linked up with a mentor um, through a, a veteran program called Veterati. And, and Veterati is it's a free program where you can um, go in there and find mentors that are in the space that you want to be in and learn about. Them. Um, and, and I initially started doing that because I was getting my, uh, my MBA with a focus on project management at that time. Um, and so I was looking at project management type folks to do it, but then I found this person that was in a franchising. I was like, well, that's one thing that I'm really interested mm -hmm. in too. So, so, so we started talking, we mentored, she mentored me on, you know, what was out there in franchising and stuff like that. And, and I realized that doing research on her, cause that's what I tend to do with my, my Intel background, I research everybody. Uh -huh. um, and I found that she was a franchise coach and that she, her franchise coach was actually a franchise itself. And, and I thought that was fascinating. I thought that yeah. was the coolest thing ever. And so I, I looked into the Entrepreneur Source, which is the franchise I'm a part of now. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, I, I saw that there was a very unique need in the military community um, mm -hmm. for, for that career ownership coaching and you know that education about business ownership and franchising and things like that. So I was like, hey, take my money. Let's do this. And <laughs> The rest was yeah. history, huh? Well, the rest was history, and actually, it helped me with my own ed education and franchising, and it led me down the path to owning other franchise businesses and things mm -hmm. like that, and just slowly growing a like an investment portfolio of businesses. Right. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So, tell me what 
what is the difference from being an entrepreneur versus a franchise owner? How are those similar and different? I, I would say it's all the same. I, I would think that there are different, I would, my, um, my philosophy is there's different levels and different mm-hmm. types of entrepreneurs. Okay. So, so there's, there's the startup entrepreneur. There's that person that, you know, start bootstraps their business. They do it all the way from the ground up and, you know, and, and that's commendable. And I love that. And, and, you know, when that's, you know, different levels of risk with each different types of entrepreneurship too. Mm-hmm. So that one's probably one of the most riskiest ones because you don't have a lot of, you do have help, but you don't have a lot of support except for what comes from you. Right. Um, and then there's buying an existing business. So you can find that startup entrepreneur that was pretty successful and you can purchase that business from them or sort of mom and pop or whatever. Right. Um, and then there's, um, you know, there's licensees and stuff like that. You can think of like insurance people and stuff like that. Those are licensees uh-huh. type entrepreneurs. Um, but then there's franchising. Franchising is also inherently a license to own, you know, the, the rights to do business under that banner, under that brand and things like that. But it's regulated through the Federal Trade Commission. So a franchise is... By, by definition through the Federal Trade Commission is a business model that is proven and successful. And as a franchisor, you have to, yeah, you have to demonstrate the effectiveness of your business model before you can actually bring in more franchisees under the umbrella. I, I think that being a franchisee helped me become a much better entrepreneur mm-hmm. because I had training wheels. Yeah. <laughs> really. Yeah. I had yeah. training wheels. I had support and I had I had the list. I had the the forms, the program, the business plan, everything right in front of me. Plus I had, you know, other, you know, uh, franchisees in that franchise system that have been doing this for 10, 20 years that yeah. I can reach out to and, and learn about and get that assistance. That's great. So, so I think I think it depends on like type of entrepreneurship you should do kind of depends on the stage in your life and your risk Mm -hmm. adversity. So if you're, I don't think that's the right word, risk adversity. No, you're you're aversion to risk. Aversion. (laughs) Close enough. We got it. Close enough. Close enough. But uh, like say somebody, like a lot of times I find people that are in their 40s, 50s that want to own their career. They can't find that next job after being downsized or right sized because they are making maybe 150 a year, 200 a year. They're doing really well. But um, statistics from Entrepreneur, where, um, and there's, there's a couple other organizations that I just cannot think of off the top of my head, but they, <clears throat> excuse me, they say that for every $10,000 in your salary, uh, it'll take about a month for you to find a business or, or a job that will be equal to that. So for example, if you are making 150 a year, it's going to take you about 15 months to find another mm-hmm. 150K a year job. Right. And people in their 40s, 50s, well, especially in their 50s, they don't really have that kind of time. They don't really want to take that kind of time. And that's where I find I, I help a lot of people into something like a franchise, which um, back to my previous comment at the beginning of of this, it, it starts your business at third base instead mm-hmm. of at the bench, starting from scratch with nothing. Right. You actually have something in a book of business that you can fall in on pretty quickly. Nice, um, nice. Yeah, so, so those are the kind of differences. Can I put that in the perspective? Yeah, millennials are taking a lot more chances as entrepreneurs than some of the older generations have done. What do you? Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? I, I think I think our values are different. I mm-hmm. think um, you know if you were to look at. Um, maybe not necessarily our parents, but maybe our grandparents and, mm-hmm. and bleed over into our parents. But generally you see that they would 
stay at a job, stay there 20, 30 years, get their pension. They're, they're well taken care of. They're good. We don't get a lot of that um, mm-hmm. these days. So I think uh, the, with the current career economy, you see a churn. And if you look at almost anybody's LinkedIn in the corporate space, you'll see every two years, there's something new. Maybe yep. even a year, maybe yep. three years tops, unless they're like federal uh, federal employee or military or something like that. Right. Um, and and what, some of that is, you know, employers, there's a leadership challenge in employment and in businesses. There's a lot of that. Um, I, I remember saying your TED TED talk about uh-huh. leadership, and I think right. I think that there is an issue out there, and there is a need for leadership education for sure. Totally, in a lot of these corporations, um, because millennials, we don't take that. If there's if there's a poor leadership or there's a leadership challenge, we're we're gone. <laughs> yep, you're out <laughs> of there. Alive, you're no longer in alignment with my goals. <laughs> right, right, right. I, th- I think millennials are also much more. Kind of socially conscious and they want yes. to work with an organization that's consistent with their values. So that has led 100%. to millennials wanting to, Do in many cases, too. just, yeah, distance themselves from organizations where they might not agree with the way they're investing and so on. And when you work for yourself, that's definitely consistent with your values. Exactly. You create your own culture. Yeah, that's great. That's great. What do you think is ahead for millennials as far as liking their careers, making different career choices, surviving the pandemic? Yeah, I think, um, <clears throat> I really think that we're going to come out on top. I think yeah. that um, we're we're already, always innovating. We're always doing above and beyond. We're learning more things. Um, you know, you know I, I'm seeing some amazing businesses coming out of this pandemic and, 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 you know, it's the, it's the buzzword. Everybody's pivoting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's the, the buzzword, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's true. That's what everyone's doing. We're, we're pivoting and we're figuring things out. And I've seen, I've seen a lot of my um, millennial business counterparts just crush it in 2020 and 2021. They did amazing. Yeah. Um, and, and it's because we're not dependent on, you know, so many things that were shut down. Um, you right. know, we, we can work virtually and mobile and we could just be anywhere. We don't have mm-hmm. to have that brick and mortar store that is, you know, being, you know, portrayed as like a death trap or something. Right, like right, <laughs> right, right. You can do all your business online and then yeah. that, that creates a lot more safety for people. That's great. So what's next for you? Oh, for me. So um, I'm opening up a, another location in April with um, one of my salons. Uh, so, so that's one of those things that just isn't going to go anywhere. And I am very well aware that I have no hair and I own salons, <laughs> but <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> but that is something that, you know, I partnered with another millennial on that. Uh-huh. And we decided to do a, um, a development kind of uh, situation with a thing called Sharky's Cuts for Kids. I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but they're they're a franchise based out of uh, Westport, Connecticut. Oh, um, so, so they've got about 100 locations in the United States, which is actually kind of big in, in, in some cases for a lot mm-hmm. of franchises. Mm-hmm. So so we're, we're basically building out the New Jersey and Rhode Island area um, right now. Great. Great. Yeah. That's awesome. For people who want to get in touch with you uh, with questions about entrepreneurship or being a franchise owner or just to chat with you about anything, how can they best get in touch with you? Best way to get in touch with me is, is actually on LinkedIn. Um, you know, Jason Madden on LinkedIn. Um, my my website's jmadden.esourcecoach.com, which is something, you know, 
Um, I've got my contact forms and everything like that. And I've got all my social media on there. You mm-hmm. can find me through all of that. And my email is jmadden at esourcecoach.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Jason Madden, career ownership coach. Really appreciate your time today. This was really informative. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me, Jack. It was fun. <laughs> Thanks. My pleasure. My pleasure. And thank you for listening to Millennial Wisdom. And check us out at leadwithwisdom.com and check out our Millennials Guides books at millennialsguides.com. Talk with you next time. You've been listening to Millennial Wisdom, where we talk to you about your life, journey, and your insights of the world around you with host Dr. Jennifer Wisdom. To learn more about the work Dr. Jennifer Wisdom does, please visit leadwithwisdom.com. Millennial Wisdom is sponsored by the Millennials Guide series. You can pick up your copy wherever books are sold or visit Amazon or millennialguides.com.